Good morning. Did anybody get it? Yes, Michael rode the boat ashore, and that's about uh, Archangel Michael, and that's we're celebrating St. Michael and all angels today. Also, new membership class started today, 9 to 10. If you're interested in attending, you can just go next week. It's in the great room. And 20 to 35 church friends group is here today. Good to see everybody in the balcony. And if you're that age group and not in the balcony, there is a lunch following in the great room. You're more than welcome. Whenever uh, Toby Beekner's paying for lunch, I'll show up. <laughs> Chicks with Sticks, October 12th, and they're meeting 1 p.m. They're going to make hats and scarves for Detroit Street Mission. Also, Jam's Fall Retreat, October 20th through the 22nd, and our youth group this evening is playing putt-putt and having ice cream. Also, if you remember the progressive dinners we used to have, sort of fell away with COVID. We're doing something similar to a progressive dinner. It's called Mug on the Run. I thank Miss Kitty for organizing that. Check it out in the announcements. We'd love to have you participate. Pathways, October 4th, 1 p.m. in the town square. Also, the Birmingham Musicale, October 12th, right here in Redeemer Sanctuary. Also, I did a wedding yesterday, Historic Trinity, for Rebecca Lipinski and her husband, Max. And it was interesting, at the rehearsal, I was hearing the church bells, and they're real bells, and they're really loud, and I talked to the, one of the gentlemen who worked there, and he informed me, if you go watch the Lions play, and when they play that loud bell over and over again, that's a recording from Historic Trinity. So those people in the stands, those pagans, are getting some holy stuff. <laughs> Holy Land trip, we have like six more spots. Love to have you sign up, check it out. We have two buses, two tour guides. Uh, should be a wonderful event. And then uh, Pastor Carrie Rickert and Kathy are here. And we're gonna sing happy birthday to him. His birthday is the third. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, Miss Carrie, happy birthday to you. That's substitute our opening hymn. We rise for opening hymn.
our beginning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray thee thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death, Thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord, Jesus Christ, I assure you, all of your sins are forgiven, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We invite the children to come forward for the children's message. Well, good morning. Oh, let's try it again. Good morning. <laughs> oh, watch out. Oh, wow. Did you see that? Oh, God, here comes the cat. Oh. Wow. They're all around. I can't believe it. This place is filled with angels. Do you know there's good angels that watch over us? And we may even have one assigned to us for our whole life. This is Michael, the archangel. He is the highest in the angel rankings. Now, this is just the statue of Michael. I got him years ago. I went to Canada, I don't know why I was there, and I bought him. Now, don't be fooled. I didn't pay with it, for it with my own money. I used church funds. But anyways, St. Michael, he is the archangel. And some believe that he overwatches the graves of God's saints. And so that's why I moved him from the courtyard to the Calabarium as a great reminder that God is always watching over us. So angels aren't as important as Jesus. They serve Jesus. And Jesus didn't die for them because they're without sin, but he died for us because we have sin. So today you're going to get a cool magnetic cross. Put it on your refrigerator or something that's really cool. And you're going to go out to the playground. and. Parents, that's where you pick them up. A magnetic cross. The Old Testament reading for today is taken from the book of Daniel, chapter 10, verses 10 through 14, and chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. A hand touched me and sent me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me twenty-one days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. 
But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. Here ends the Old Testament reading. The epistle reading for today is taken from the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verses 1 through 17. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought back against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness, where she would be taken care of for a time, times and a half a time, out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged as the woman and, at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Here ends the epistle reading. We rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Our Holy Gospel reading this morning comes from Matthew 18, verses 1 through 11. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter the life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and to be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Here ends our holy gospel reading. We'll continue and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth.
Please be seated. One day, an angel just appeared in front of this guy, and the angel said, I will offer you one of three things, and this, these are your choices. You can be the most handsome man in the world, or you can have all the money and wealth of the world, or you can have all the wisdom of the world. Man thought for a moment, said, give me wisdom. It was his. And be, the angel disappeared, and before the puff of smoke was gone, with his newfound wisdom, he thought, I should have taken all the wealth. <laughs> Today is St. Michael and All Angels Day. Now, somebody this, earlier this week said, that sounds like a really Roman Catholic tradition. Well, it does obviously come from the Roman Catholics. When Martin Luther went through the Reformation, he went through the church calendar and removed many special days that really didn't fit with good doctrine, but he kept this. He wanted to make sure at least once a year the people would hear about God's faithful servants, the holy angels. Now, you might wonder, why do we call Michael the archangel Saint Michael? Well, you know, we associate the word with saint with God's people here on earth or in heaven, but it comes from the Latin word, which means one who is holy. And just by tradition, it was assigned. Have you ever noticed that the angels, especially at Christmas time you put out, are all female? Did you ever notice that? What's interesting, every time, now angels are spirits, they have no sex. They're spirits. They do appear in human form in scripture, but never as a woman doesn't mean they can't or God allow it. It just never happens. So why in our thought do we always associate an angel with more feminine qualities? Well, actually, it was a, a result of the Renaissance. And they started painting angels with more feminine characteristics. If you look at the front cover of your bulletin, there's two images of St. Michael, one very masculine, the one on top, and the one on the bottom is a woman. Now, the Eastern Orthodox Church did not appreciate this at all, and they actually went away from the Renaissance, and they started to make sure their artists, when they portrayed an angel, that they would use the scripture where that angel appears and actually try to imagine what that angel looked like. Artistically, not as beautiful, but more biblical. Angels are mentioned 108 times in the Old Testament, 165 times in the New Testament. They're spirits. They have rankings. 
We only know of two names of, out of all the angels. Gabriel, some would say he's an archangel, but he never is given that title. And Michael, Michael means who is like God. Archangel means top angel. He is the top angel. Now we have the book of Genesis, and right there at the beginning, we have the creation story. God made everything in six days. We're never told when angels were made. Now you would think they're pretty important. God made angels to serve us. You'd think that would be listed, but it's not. But in the book of Job, we get a clue. God is talking to Job, and he's asking him question after question because Job is so mistaken. And one of the questions to Job, were you there, Job? Tell me how the earth's foundation was laid when I stretched it out. Then he goes on to say, while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. They had to be first in the creation. That's what Job or God is telling us because they were there for the creation of the world. Now I know when we think about angels, we always sort of go to evil angels. And Satan. Satan means accuser. Devil means liar. He's called Beelzebub, which is Lord of the Dung. He's called the God of this world. He is also called the Tempter. The list goes on and on. Where did he come from? What's his purpose? Ephesians 6.12 reminds us our battle is not against people. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There are evil angels and forces. Can it influence people? 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Other angels left the presence of God to follow Satan. In our reading from Revelation, I know Revelation is so hard to really understand, and you really can't find good answers on some of the things in there. It just, we don't know. But when we're talking about this beast that with his tail takes a third of the stars, we're assuming that is representing the angels that followed Satan. A third of the angels left the company of God to follow Satan and his evilness. The woman portrayed, it could be Mother Mary, but I think it more represents the Old Testament church who gives birth to the Messiah. What are we told? The great dragon is there to devour the Messiah as soon as possible. But the dragon does not succeed. The whole life of Jesus is talked about there to his ascension. It's very brief. And this is with the dragon and the woman giving birth. It's the Christmas story. It's the Christmas story that we rarely hear. The cosmic curtain is torn to the side and we can see the spiritual forces battling with each other. It was a number of years ago on Christmas Eve. That was our text for Christmas Eve. And we gave out little rubber dragons for everybody to put in your manger scene, whether you hide it or it's visible, to remind you that in that cosmic world there was a great battle when Christ was born. Still have a few of these left. They're around the building as you exit, each exit. Take one home for your nativity if you don't have one. And we don't know much about Satan, what drove him to rebel. But there's a couple Old Testament passages that are more like prophecies about individuals or kingdoms, but then all of a sudden, you realize it's talking about some spiritual being. Isaiah 14, this is a prophecy against the king of Babylon. And all of a sudden, it changes gear. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the, God, the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. For you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. 
Satan wanted to be like God. And what does he tempt Adam and Eve with? To be like God. Ezekiel 28, this is a lament against the king of Tyre, but listen, all of a sudden it shifts gear. The Lord, word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. Sounds like Satan. Now you better believe, Satan and his evil angels don't spend so much time on those outside the realm of faith. Satan's great revenge against God is to take as many souls with him. And there are spiritual battles all around us. Our Old Testament lesson from Daniel, he prayed for three weeks, he was fasting three weeks, 21 days, the angel was delayed. By what? the prince of the Persian kingdom. Sounds like Satan assigns evil angels to certain kingdoms or nations. Does he still do that? Can they influence a nation, its leaders, its thoughts, its culture in an evil way? And Satan can only copy God. Does God assign holy angels to overwatch nations and kingdoms? We're not sure. Sort of sounds like it. And then Michael the archangel comes to save this other angel so he could go do what he was told to do by God. It's all around us. Spiritual battle. Looking at good angels. What is their role? What is their purpose? There are many, even though Revelation seems to indicate a third of them left the company of God. Jesus said when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. I love the reading from 2 Kings 6. Elisha is a prophet. He has a servant with him. They're sleeping in a tent, spending the night. During the night, the Syrian army surrounds his tent his servant gets up in the morning. He comes out of the tent, and he is shocked, and he's frightened at all the soldiers that are around. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. The Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. If God could open our eyes to all the angels that are around us, we would be amazed. In Jude 1, verse 9, there's an interesting verse that deals with Moses, an Old Testament character. We're never told about this situation. But even the archangel Michael, while he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, that's a whole other sermon, what that dispute is about, did not himself dare to condemn him for his slander, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Why isn't this in the Old Testament? Where does Jude get this information? Now, we only have one little fragment of the assumption of Moses. It was never considered to be on the same level of Scripture. The church fathers had the full letter, and the church fathers tell us that this story was in the assumption of Moses. Did Jude take it from there? Does it mean it's not on the same level of Scripture? Well, perhaps it really happened. I believe scripture is God-breathed. Maybe God told Jude through the Holy Spirit to write such things. You go to 2 Timothy 3, uh, Timothy tells us of the names of the two magicians that were on Pharaoh's court when Moses was there. Now, we're not told in the Old Testament their names, 
But the Talmud, ancient Jewish writing, has their names. And in Acts 17.28, Paul quotes secular, non-Christian writers, poetry. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said. We are his offspring. Why was St. Michael in the Calabarium? If you remember, this is a long time ago, when I first brought him from Canada, I introduced him. Remember I said, he is resin? And everybody said, he is resin indeed! <laughs> what he's made of. Many think because of the story of Moses and his body being protected by St. Michael that he overwatches the remains of the saints. And that's why I have him in the Calabarium now, as a reminder that God watches over the remains of his saints. In Revelation 1, write therefore what you have seen. Okay, so John had a vision, now he's being told what the vision is. Obviously, everything in Revelation is a challenge. Write therefore what you have seen, what is now and what will take place. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand. And of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Now, some would argue, because the word angel means messenger, that these letters, seven letters written to seven churches, were written to seven congregations and seven clergy. And so they say that's the word angel, messenger. They're the ones that give the message. But I'm on the other side. I like to think if those seven churches had their own angel, was Redeemer assigned an angel almost 100 years ago with a name, with a purpose, watch over this congregation. In Acts 12, great little story. Sorry I'm reading so much scripture, but you're in church. What do you think? <laughs> so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and the light shone in the, the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision, like having a dream. Now we skip some verses. He went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh, it's Peter, he's out of prison. I, gotta, I didn't even open the door, I gotta tell everybody. Without opening it, and exclaimed, exclaim, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. In those days, there was some Jewish thought, I don't think it's true, but that your guardian angel looked just like you. Now, if that's the case, we have a lot of ugly angels in attendance today. <laughs> and what about Matthew 18, our gospel lesson? See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Okay, he has a child in front of them. And so people equal that to, okay, little children have angels. Well, what's the cutoff date? Does God say 10, 12 years of age? Does that make sense? Remember, he said you must receive the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom of God like a little child. And so when he says little ones, he is talking about us. We are children of God the Father. And he's giving us a warning. He's talking about how we relate to one another, brothers and sisters in Christ. If we're children, we're siblings. And he's saying, when you mistreat one another, when you speak poorly of your brother or sister, when you put the worst construction on their life situation, their angel, or some angel, at that moment also sees the face of God. Makes you think about what you should say or what you should do. Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Hebrews 13, 2, do not, I love this too, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. 
For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Next time a stranger crosses your path, maybe that hospitality is in the form of need, of prayer, of financial help. It could be an angel. Finally, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, I assume that's Michael, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Think about this. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and arrested, he told his disciples, because he allows himself to be arrested, Don't you think I can call legions down to defend me? The angels have to watch. They have to watch their creator whom they serve be betrayed, be whipped, be beaten, be nailed to a tree. Do you think God had to hold back, Michael? Do you think they were just waiting? Jesus, say the word. They had to watch. They know better than you and I of how much God loves us in order to save us from our sins and give us eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We rise and sing the offertory.
Let us pray. Father, thank you for sending angels to touch every part of our lives, even as they touched every part of your unfolding creation, as Jacob and Abraham and so many others of your faithful followers wrestled with and learned from angels. Let us wrestle with and learn from the angels you send to us, and let our faith be as simple and complete as that of the angels. Today, we pray for those facing health concerns, John Smith, Donna Hamsey, Sandra Duff, Tammy Bordeaux, Hans Mazur, Jason Van Camp, Nina and Jason, Jen Harvey, Brian Leahy, Rick and Carol Warnicki, Tony Cornett, Pat Nels, and Russ Swanson. We pray for those in hospice care, Linda Boyce. We pray for a young couple, hoping God will bless them with a child. We pray for all those serving in the military, police and firefighters, for all world leaders to be receptive to godly counsel and for all those suffering from other health concerns. Prayers of thanksgiving for Rebecca and Max who were married yesterday, all those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, our sanctuary altar flowers, place in loving memory of Jerry Honeman by Zella Honeman. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord with you, always. Welcome to the Lord's table. Take and eat the true body of our Lord and
we rise. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant to you his peace. Mm-hmm.